Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Melina Lee Williams Haas. I deeply appreciate you listening and taking the time to hang out with me. I will be addressing issues of life, the universe, and everything that are often bogged down and mired in shame and grief, and talk about how they can be repackaged to be useful and gorgeous and fucking awesome for you. So sit back and relax, or you know what? Sit up and freak out. However, you prefer to listen. Let's go. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Welcome. But keep in mind, this is part two of a two-part series. So please, before you jump on in to all this delicious blackness, go back and listen to last week's episode first. If you're someone who is curious about kink and BDSM but has no doggone idea where to start, I got you. First off, I'm the co-author of a book called Playing Well with Others, The Guide to Exploring, Navigating, and Discovering the Kink, Leather, and BDSM Relationships. You can find that on Amazon, and I'll put a link in the description. But let's say you want a more personal one-on-one interaction. I got you, fam. Go to thekinkdoula.com. It's T-H-E. K-I-N-K-D-O-U-L-A. You may be familiar with the concept of doulas from childbirth, but what about rebirthing yourself? What about going deep within and uncovering the secrets and wondrous discoveries that maybe, just maybe, have been hiding from you or you've been hiding from yourself for a long time? You want to talk about your secret fetish, your kink? Perhaps just you're curious about how to expand your mind a little bit more into becoming the person you truly want to be. Contact me at thekinkdoula.com and let's see who you can become. The needs and wants and desires of each person are going to be so specific. And so many people lock themselves into a role and miss that they're missing the right fit for them because they have decided that this is a role and this is, this is how it has to be and everything else. Right. Like, you know, my dynamic with my owner, if you looked at it on paper or day to day, you would, many people would say, I'm not, are you sure she's (laughs) (laughs) because what they're looking for is dominant behavior. Yeah. Like I feel that a lot of people don't understand that dominant behavior is a, that's why it's called a dynamic. It's not the same all the time and Mm -hmm. it's not the same for everybody else. No, it's not going to look the way that you think or that the way that you want it to look. I mean, I will tell you today, Vassmeister and I were at the fucking fish market here in Sagres in Portugal, which is where we are right now. Oh my God. And (laughs) we're standing in front of this spread of fish that are freshly dead. Like these were all caught that morning. And there's like four kinds of squid. There's eight kinds of fish. There's a hunk of tuna that's just like seducing me with its fleshiness. And I'm standing there and I'm like, okay, sir, what do you want? He's like, what do you want? I'm like, I I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. He's like, make a choice. I'm like, do you want this? Do you want that? And he was like, "Um, uh, 
And I finally was like, fine, you are getting the squid. You are getting this fish and that fish, have them fillet it. I'm going to be over here, figure it out, come over here. Now, was I bossing him? Absolutely. Because if I didn't do something, he would stand there for 20 minutes, not knowing what to do. So my service to him is to make lunch fucking happen. And now if that was not the type of dominance that was helpful for him, then I would stand there patiently until he made up his goddamn mind. I have all day, but that's not what he wants. He wants me to make the decision. So he does doesn't have to. And I feel like that's very telling because we, you and I identify under the same moniker of like slave, Mm -hmm. but the way that you work is entirely different to the Mm -hmm. way that I work. Mm -hmm. So in that situation, I would have definitely waited the bajillion hours (laughs) for for him to tell me. And then I would just go about getting whatever that he would tell me. Because my service definitely is part of like the the staples that I need to have. I don't want to make any choices. Do not ask me to pick anything because I do that on a regular basis in my everyday, like at work. And you're just like, I'm fucking out. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. When I'm done, I am done. So yeah, sure. I will wait like a billion hours until the place closes and oh, we don't get any fish. It's not my fault. But also like (laughs) my top would definitely understand like, what works for us. And I find that like my being able to like, after my last dynamic dissolved and having all of this time to kind of recoup, recover and like just reset and everything, realizing that I was definitely ignoring parts of my submission and parts of my Mm -hmm. servitude Mm -hmm. to kind of like mold better to the person that I was matched with at that time. Girl. Yes. And here's the thing. I'm sorry, go ahead. Deviate from the plan or whatever. And yeah. it was just, that was for me, cause I'm, I'm also very quiet. Mm-hmm. So I needed like from jump, I know that right now I needed somebody who would have carved out time to be like, okay, what's up? Just ask me, because if you ask me, I will tell you, if you don't, I, you're never going to know anything. So I never really had that type of pop unless it was the owner that I had before my last one that I had for like three or four years. Mm-hmm. That was the reason why I loved that dynamic. Oh my God. I had like a schedule. It was so great. Every <laughs> minute of every day was planned out. I knew my job. I knew, I knew what I had to do. It was just, Oh my God. My skin just crawled perfect. off my body. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> I love no. that. I would love my, my service to work out. Like when you're picking your classes for like college or whatever, where you're like, yeah. you have to fill this block with time. If I can get like a whole schedule, like every day, that oh my god that to me is is the dream amazing oh my god see and, and this is the thing and this is such an awesome point to land on is that like we are at polar opposites when it comes to what that is and for each of us there's the person for whom they're sitting there going oh my god yes yes that's the thing i want And this is what I want to underscore for people. Don't fucking compromise your core. Don't compromise who you are in order to become the person you think you want to be, right? Like my first service situation was one where we had uh, a lot that was uh, focused on formal service and I had to learn 
place settings, which for me being left and right dyslexic was a fucking torture. I would literally have a little tiny L on my left hand, a little tiny R on my right hand. So when I was grabbing things, I wouldn't forget and fuck it up. And so we trained for like six months to do formal uh, high tea service. And we were, the household was hosting a Folsom weekend event. There were these high profile perverts coming from out of town. It was a big fucking deal. And one of the people who'd been invited was a woman who was one of my mentors who was slave identified and had been since she was like 17 and, you know, was this amazing human being. And she attended the the tea and then afterwards sent a thank you note handwritten, of course, to my owner. And in the note, she mentioned that she was so delighted to see my progress and how I had grown and how my service was developing and blah, blah, blah. When we had our weekly meeting with the whole house, and we're talking about how the tea had gone the week before. My dominant then turns to me and says, oh, I received this note. And he read it and I was like, oh, okay, that's good, right? And he said, well, we're really going to need to work on that because there's no way someone should have noticed your service. The point of your service is to be the invisible will of the house and me. Oh, wow. And the fact that you are standing out is a problem, right? The nail that stands up gets hammered down sort of thing. Right. And so he was like, we need to work on you bringing attention to yourself and releasing the ego that is going on and on. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there feeling sick and dizzy because I was like, oh my God, I fucked up so I bad. Fucked up. Yep. And the thing is, I'm sitting going, I worked so hard to make this happen for months. Mm-hmm. And now you're telling me that like all the work that I did led me to a place where I'm fucking up. Now I mentioned this later to my friend, you know, we were hanging out and I was like, Oh, I should tell you about that note you wrote and what happened afterwards. And I explained to her what happened. And she gave me that look, <laughs> you know, that look of when like, people are like, no, they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm not, she's like, the, you could see like 50 things she wanted to say crossing her mind. And then she said, Mo, if you were kneeling facing the corner with a blanket over your head, I would know you were in the room. She said, your energy is not to be invisible. Your energy is to be dynamic in your service. She's like, I guess you could change in order to be invisible, but is that you? And I'm like, well, it's not relevant if it's me. I'm trying to, you know, do the work so that I can be a slave. And she was like, okay, but I tell you, You know, if you have to squeeze yourself into that box any tighter, eventually something's going to break. Going to crack. Yep. And like my mirrored experience of that is, so when I came into my identification and everything, like YouTube was already a thing. Mm -hmm. So I spent a lot of time learning place setting and service stuff by watching YouTube videos and reading a bunch of stuff. Nice. So I already came to the table with this knowledge in hand. And so my, most of the time it was, okay, yes, being told when I entered your room, everybody knew that I was there, even though that was not, I was always quiet because like, no, I don't want to make any ripples. I don't want to make a difference or whatever in that way to be like, oh, look at me. Like I'm not one of those, but I'm also understanding, again, Mm. based on the Canadian West Coast scene being very white, in that even if I didn't know how to serve or anything, I would still stand out because I'm Black. And then I would have to, I end up walking into rooms having to clock how people react to me being black in that space what the fuck? and what I'm doing and how, why do we have to do all this extra work? What do you don't think it's hard yeah. enough for us to fucking get to the room and then we I have know. to work so hard once we're in the goddamn room. Yeah. Come and on. So, like I've been at a couple of parties where I helped 
with service and yeah. I enjoy parties where like it's just a bunch of like service slaves and then at tops come in and they pick the the person that they want to serve mm-hmm. them so it's not necessarily always their their own uh, slave yeah 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 and so for me I love that and I, I did a couple of parties that way and realized that like I should have been clearer about what my boundaries were because I didn't want to get picked based off of somebody wanting to fulfill their like, oh, the exotic girl type of thing. Like that wasn't my thing. And that was constantly why I was being picked. So for me, what was like cringy was having those usually white men pick me for that rise or whatever. And then speaking to my owner about how how turned on they were by the fact that like she's so proper blah 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 and then would add like and she's black like yeah yeah and then not having my owner at that time not say anything about like well what does being black have to do with it he would just so oh see oh dear coax it on yeah hence the x yes in my 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 search to find whoever, I'm I'm also looking for other experiences where I know I'm going to have to cross the border to get to a munch or to get to a play party where I'm not the only black person. And I'm very excited for that as well because <laughs> Going to like a play party as well as being the only black person, it gets to the point where even the DJ will put on your quintessential rap or R&B and everybody will turn to me and be like, yeah, let's dance. And it's oh, Jesus, Jesus. You need to not be there anymore. This is just, it's yeah. the toxicity is leaking onto <laughs> me virtually. And I'm just upset. I'm just upset. So like, again, I, after the last dynamic dissolved and being able to just reset and everything, knowing that, okay, there right now there is no need or reason for me to go back into that community at all. But there is, it seemed to have, has strengthened the way that I identify because most of the time, definitely after this last dynamic, I thought that like, okay, I guess this is when my brain will be like, don't do this anymore. And my brain was just like, you know what? No, this is who you are. This is how you identify. That didn't work out. Whatever. You took your lumps, you learned your lessons, keep going. Mm. So it's like, okay, cool. Okay. So are you currently in the process of seeking a partner or are you on the like growth and chill mode for yourself? I'm in the middle of that. So the way that it worked out was my dynamic dissolved. And then I had a year of, I guess, the shell shock of it. And then when Mm -hmm. that year culminated, Mm -hmm. COVID visited. So couldn't go out or anything. So basically I've been quarantined for a year longer than COVID has been around because that's way that it worked. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So like now I'm having had the time to do all that work and stuff. I am actively looking, but I'm having more of an overwhelming, I guess, step back of like, okay, how do I approach this now? Yeah, because yeah. with all of the things that I did that ended up with me picking my last dom didn't work out. It, it's now like, okay, I obviously need to broaden my horizons. But every time that I think of broadening my horizons, the spaces are just so white that I'm just like, I, I don't feel safe. So how do I do this? Well, well, since, I mean, I don't have millions of listeners, but let's do a personal ad for you right now. If okay. we could put into the universe and be like, who is out there? Who is it? Who are you talking to? Who is that dominant? Somebody who is very versed and or understanding on the whole mental health spectrum and mm-hmm. definitely already has experience or whatever. This seems really weird to say, but experience with dealing with black people. I don't want to be your first black anything. Say less. Say less. 
someone who's like very has a sense of humor and is into like weird random things because I'm into very weird random things and somebody also who understands that just because I'm kinky doesn't mean that like all I want to do is fuck that's not it mm-hmm. I like if you can get my brain going that that is the best experience that I could have word oh so, yeah Awesome. And I will tell you, and this is, I like putting that out into the universe because I had such amazing success with my putting shit out to the universe. When I gave up, like meeting Georg was me giving an ultimatum to my higher power, pretty much like literally in the shower one night in December in 1993, I was like, you know what? I need to make a change. I'm putting it out there. Like I'm going to go back to my regular day job. I'm going to stop trying to make a living teaching. I'm going to like just leave the community. I'm just going to close down all my accounts and go and do some other shit because clearly they don't appreciate what I have to say. No one wants to actually, you know, live up to the value and hype that people say to my face, but then don't want to pay me for, for example. I was like, unless of course you send me the dominant who will actually make sure that my financial needs are taken care of and make sure we have a nice place to live and, 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 and laughing. Cause I was like, that won't happen. Never happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So like I do do those like meditations where I'm just like, yes, financially stable. I don't want to have to like constantly work. I don't want to have my job to be like, if I lose this job, I lose my livelihood type. Of right. Thing. And it's not too fucking much to ask. And the what's interesting is that the thing I had to accept was that here's with someone who was like, hella noob. But what I did was I took that as an opportunity to say, I'm going to Frankendom. I will build the perfect owner for me. <laughs> And so what we did was we grew together in our dynamic and it was kind of miraculous. It really worked for us. And since he was really new and while he had had fantasies about DS and wanting to be dominant and be an owner for most of his life, he'd never thought that he could do it. And for him, the real problem was he was like, I am a feminist. I am very much a believer in, in the rights of human beings to be their own people, blah, 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 all that good stuff. He was like, how can I reconcile that with wanting to beat the shit out of somebody and tell them what to do? And, and so I said, okay, well, you have the good impulses and you're a good person. And on our second date, you presented me with the most comprehensive first draft of a contract I've ever seen. You're a fucking prodigy. So therefore I will take a deep breath and say, there's going to be bumps along the way because I am the learning curve. Okay. Yes. That's awesome. What it allowed was the bullshit that seeps into the veins of so many dominants had not poisoned him. He was coming into it with the purity of his desires and me being able to look at them, not having been chopped and screwed by other people's shit and say, yes, no, yes, no, this works. This does not. And so when people talk about like, oh, it has to be someone with experience. I'm like, well, that's good. And consider someone who doesn't have experience as well. Because if you have a shit ton of experience, here's the thing, especially if you are teaching from the submissive point of view, if you have a person who identifies as dominant and who vibes well with you in that dominant energy, and you can show them how to be the best dominant for you, you're probably going to wind up with a dynamic that is more essentially caring and nurturing of the dynamic itself. And I really, like, I always tell people, I'm like, Georg and I met on OkCupid. I did not change my profile from what I had on FetLife, from what I had on alt.com, from what I had on bondage.com. It was the same. 
And on OkCupid, I kept getting matched with perverts I already knew. So I was okay. Like, <laughs> getting messages, I'll be like, hey, Steve. <laughs> yeah, it's me again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how you doing? How's it going? Nice to see you. Let's moving on. Right. Because you're like, been there, done that, yeah. got the t shirt and the key ring. Thank you very much. So, so see you at the next lunch type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and it was so, it was funny, but in the long term, I have to say, you know, it's not for everyone, but if you have enough experience in your own life to know what does and does not work for you, training from the bottom, from the sub, from the slave perspective is often going to yield someone. And it's not to say you're telling them everything how to be, but you are right. helping them to grow and saying, here's what I would love. And then they can say, you know what, actually, yeah, that really works for me. Or they can say, ah, you know, that doesn't really work for me. How about this other thing and have a counter offer. And they're probably going to come into it looking for things that are good for both of you. See, and I find that like this has to do with the caliber of people that I attract topically because initially when I've approached that type of learning curve for people, it was immediately like, okay, so she gets like, give her the key. She's going to drive this whole time where it's Mm. having to explain to them like, no, that's not what I'm doing or them getting so offended that I would suggest something that they could do or suggest something that they would do that like, like I would like as well. And be like, well, that's not your job. You're not supposed to tell me what to do. And it's like, oh, so it's like toxic masculinity on top yeah. of like white supremacy on top of, on oh my top God, of, fail. yeah. yeah but, big, but big at least, fail. Well, but at least you're getting that information fairly quickly. Yeah. The unfortunate yeah. part about it is that, you know, okay, being alone is not my favorite thing. I don't thrive on my own as well as I do in relationship. I do well on my own. I, I actually enjoy alone time, but in terms of my overall life, much better when I have a partner. I just feel a lot oh, better. I am feeling this right now. So, Cause like I, I have a job, I have like a regular life type of thing, but um, because of my dissociative disorders, I have no tenure on time. Yeah. So I need that reminder. So like, yes, I have Google to like remind me when to do the things. But so like today I just realized that I have a bunch of like writing deadlines coming up in two days oh, that shit. I never, yeah, that I didn't figure where I know that if I had a Dom, I would have have gotten throughout the week, like passive reminders of like, hey, remember you have to do this thing instead of like a Google reminder going off. You have two days doing this. So like, I'm just like, it's uh, very different. I hate this. Yeah. It's very different. It's very different. And acknowledging that you can be fucking bad bitch and thrive more effectively and blossom more beautifully in a relationship is not, those are not two polar opposite things. They are the same part of the same thing. To be strong and fierce and brash and loud and be a slave is not distinct. I mean, the fact is that you are a chill, quiet person does not mean that you are unable to take charge of a situation in the way that works best for you. Yes. And I and find that when day, shit gets done. Exactly. And I think that like one of my downfalls is, or one of the downfalls that I've experienced mm-hmm. is when I am like put in charge of, I guess, leading like a group of like S types or whatever. I do it begrudgingly. So they get what I would call. <laughs> yeah. So people get their experience of business tonight, where it's just like, you're doing this, you're doing this. Like I am very staunch when I have to lead because I don't want to. Yeah. So it's also having the experience that I have now, knowing that all of my experiences 
within kink have been in either in poly households or poly minded people mm-hmm. where now I'm just like, no, that's too much work for me. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And being able to say that and not feel bad because prior to this, when I had these proclivities, I used to feel horrible for being like, oh my God, I want to be the only one that's selfish. How could I think that way? Or now I'm just like, that's not selfish. This is just how I work. That's and yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you figured that out. Yay. You. Yeah. <laughs> Applause yeah, and bravo. Well, because a lot of people fucking don't. You and know? they feel bad for it. And they feel less than when they do feel they that way. Do. They absolutely so do. And me, it's, it's it was, so shit. It's so shitty. Yes. Extremely shitty. Especially when you're in an environment that tells you if you're not into anything poly, that means you're being selfish and you're being wrong. And why can't you handle other people? And it's just like, nah, I, I've done that enough. And I know for a fact, like, no, I'm not doing it yet. No. No, 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 no. It's one of the things that was amazing to me when, when Georg first presented his draft of the, of the contract, because I had made a joke about at some point, like cleaning his house. And I was like, yeah, of course, you know, that's all that they want you to do when you're dating. I mean, it used to be a joke in the San Francisco committee. Ha ha. Very funny. Like, oh, new sub in town. Anyone need their house cleaned? Yeah. And I hate housework. I just hate it. And it's not because I'm a snotty bitch. It's because I came up as someone who had to do a lot of work in order to support the family. And, right. you know, when I had to do laundry for four human beings by dragging two bags that were about as big as I was down six flights of stairs, up the block, washing all the clothes, folding them, and then bringing them back up six flights of stairs. You know what I don't want to fucking do ever again in my life? Fucking laundry. Fucking <laughs> yeah. laundry. Is the laundry yeah. down the hall from my apartment? Yes. It is. Do I still, still to this day, do I want to wash a goddamn dish because I came up in houses with no dishwasher ever? I fucking hell no. Yeah. And so I will tell you, fell a little bit in love with Georg Friedrich Haas when on his contract, he was like, well, you are my slave, not my housekeeper. I already have a housekeeper. You do not have to clean. See, And I was like, my vagina imploded. (laughs) For me, it was in the contracts that I drafted up myself. It was doing dishes for me. is like my unwindy thing. Like get out of the kitchen. It's all mine. I will turn on the music and just do the dishes. So it turned into that. And Mm -hmm. with every partner that I've had, they've definitely taken advantage of that and been like, oh, so she likes cleaning. So I'm not going to pick up after myself. And so they know that I'm also (laughs) the type of person, like if I see something on the floor, if at the end of the day, it is not picked up, I'm I'm going to do it. I cannot leave it alone. So it's having partners that would read like, oh, okay, she has a propensity to like keep things tidy. Now I don't have to do that for myself. And now I'm at the point where it's just like, Cleaning is my, like my Zen activity. If you Mm. make it a chore that I have, I'm going to hate it. And that means I'm going to hate my service to you. That means I'm going to hate a proclivity that I can't like undo because I love doing chores. Oh, that's terrible. Wow. What it's like a fascinating catch 22 though. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah so like for me also my my entrance into all of this is like I right now I think I'm going to get my my first taste of kind of like loosey-goosey kink because I came into this is horrible this feels horrible but like it's not because I still enjoyed it and I would definitely do it again yeah. just if it's just like a one-on-one I don't want to be in a poly household mm. but I definitely did the uh Gorian training 
I came in full Gorian training. Full. Okay. To explain, because I know that most people, uh, there's a lot of purpose who are not going to know. Gorian right. training, G-O-R-E-A-N, is a type of slave training based on a series of books by a man named John Norman, I believe. Is that correct? Yes. I think the first one was called Slavers of Gore or something. Gore yes. being, see what happened, see my brain. Don't ask me what I did yesterday, <laughs> but let me pull out this shit from like 1996. I'm ready. I'm ready. So, apparently Gore yes. was a planet that orbited the sun on the opposite side. So we could never find it as, as humans. Cause on earth, you can't see what's on the other side of the sun. Right. And basically, it was structured such that women were organic underclass of submissives and slaves, except for a few exceptions where there were women who were able to, you know, have roles of leadership or themselves be slave owners. And what people did was take this fictional sort of world and do a lot of world building around that in terms of the paradigm for assumed male dominance and assumed female submission. And it was very formalized in this sort of like Nordic-esque pattern of, you know, he-man, she-woman dragging by the hair kind of stuff. Yes. The nobility of the man and the submissive pliance and beauty of like the woman's titties and there were all these positions that people made up based on like you could call like, you know, downward what was like a slave heat and not do and she sleen and all yeah. things that were positioned and there's a position for it yeah and you would see you know and apparently there was like a whole hierarchy where you would earn different levels of silks like slave silks that were different colors depending on what level you were and i remember oh the thing i'll never forget and then i'll stop talking you can tell you thing is that i was at, mm-hmm. a, at a kink event and there were these grand slaves there and they were wearing these huge collars like generally a collar is worn either tight against the neck or fairly close to the neck and they were wearing these collars that look like, I don't know, like, almost like posture collars because yes. they were super so, thick. Yeah. So big. And I was like, and I said to one of them, I was like, why is the, I was like, is this like a thing? And she said, well, the master must be able to grab and control the slave easily. So the collar was designed like that so that you could be thrown around by it. And my yes. first thing, cause I'm me, I was like, that doesn't sound safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly. So I'm just mesmerized by the fact that you were up in on that. It's awesome. Yeah. So like my introduction to it was my dynamic that I had for four years before my last one was completely Gorian. So for me, my interest went into like ancient Egyptian stuff and then reading those books Mm -hmm. and then noticing that, oh, there's like people who kind of like play around with this and then realizing like, oh, oh, BDSM, this is how this all worked. And it kind of like stockpiled into, again, information for my PhD. And so when I got into the community here on West Coast Canada, I also got to see like, oh, wait, it isn't just like super strict because I love super strict. Like Mm -hmm. I like Mm -hmm. having things planned out to the T for me. So then when I met other S types who didn't have that, I was just like, oh, so, and that for me, was very eye opening to uh, meet other people in dynamics that were what I would call loosey goosey, not to like, oh, it's not the worst or whatever. It's just different. And having them also ask me the questions and also then realize like, oh, this is why she works this way because Mm -hmm. of the fact that like scheduling and protocol and stuff was just the bee's knees for me. It's, I love it. It makes a huge difference. I mean, there are people, for example, who love having a punishment aspect to their relationship. And I absolutely never, ever am going to do that again. Like I was just like, there's no way it just doesn't work. 
I can't. And if that is important to you, then we, it's an incompatibility. And it always makes me nuts when people look at shit in terms of what you are or aren't versus an incompatibility. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yes. if someone is someone who needs like their, their shit scheduled down to a minute and I'm like, we, it doesn't mean that I suck. It means that like, I'm like, I'm not the good slave for you. Exactly. That's and, all and it means. And it releases you from this judgment of A, other people, but B, most importantly, yourself. And it also, I think this conversation opens the door for other submissives who, like me, I don't misbehave. So I like, even I don't do things that would garner me a punishment in the first yeah. place. So people, uh, when I first got into the community as well, uh, kind of dubbed me as boring because they're just like, she, she just does what she's supposed to do so like when does she have quote-unquote fun and it, it was just like oh well that's a specific thing and it exists and that whole like bratty sub or you know rolling into even like an age play thing or being resistant as part of your dynamic is just a different style and I find that that's what like the younger generation is kind of promoting now in that what if you are definitely an S type person, there has to be an aspect of your service that merits that type of punishment. So like oh, having a completely good. Yeah. So being a completely good service sub or service slave or whatever is, again, treated as something that like doesn't exist and isn't real world applicable where I'm just like, well, yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> do anything <laughs> to garner punishments. And most of the time time when I was vetting other people, uh, that would be a very complicated space for them to live in where they're just like, but so what happens when you do misbehave? And I'm just like, well, I would have to know what good behavior is on your part, but just know like well, you have a discussion even, about it. And then you say like, what's the problem? Like if you feel the need to punish someone, you, you do that scene. Then you say like, we're going to do a punishment scene yeah. and you're done. That's it. Anyone can do that. Yeah. Anyone yeah. can do a and time so, like, oh, I spilled the milk, sir. Like, what? <laughs> and so, like, yeah, it wasn't like that for me. And most of, like, when I got into situations where my topper owner wanted to do a punishment, for me, this is the worst punishment that I've ever had for something that I didn't do. And that was what? also based on my cultural identity. It was the worst super huge, very traumatic. Okay. To talk about it, but experiencing it was like, if uh -huh. anything even like encroaches close to this experience, I will like either punch you in the throat and run or just run. So basically with my last dynamic, I call my mom like every week. And most of the time when I'm talking to my mom, my, my parents are from Trinidad. So like my accent just comes out because whatever. So uh, my partner would watch me have conversations with my parents and notice obviously the very obvious vernacular change in the way that I spoke and then would ask me why don't I talk that way with him and then I would have to explain to him that like it's something I do with my family and if I'm going to talk to somebody like that who isn't my family it's an expression of comfortability meaning very obviously telling him like I am not that comfortable <laughs> with you yet to be able to speak that way right, with you right. in the first place and then and also why, why would you, yeah. why would you, why would you? It gets worse. So then he's like, well, what if I were to command you to do so? And me being like, uh, I don't know if that would work, but it's not something that I can just turn off or on. And it turned into a kind of like non-consensual scene of being commanded to talk in a West Indian accent not being able to do so, crying, and then losing the privilege to basically, like, I had this really long, like, body pillow and, like, the side of the bed that I like to sleep on or whatever. 
lost that privilege and had to find somewhere else to sleep for that <gasps> night. Yeah, because I didn't do the cultural thing he wanted me to do. Oh my God, and I white men bawled. So trash. Yeah, trash. I, I fucking bawled. So, so how long it was after also... that was when the relationship fell apart? How long after that? Oh, this ah, surprise. A year. A year. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there are other things that are like worse than that. But that I know that's me... that was my that was the thing. I was like, oh my God, that wasn't then that wasn't the worst thing. <laughs> that was not the worst thing. Exactly. Woo. Ended up fucking bawling. And then thereafter, whenever that I would have conversations with my family and stuff, I would have to make sure that they were gone. So there was not going to be the like science project of watching me have the conversation and being angry that I couldn't pull it out whenever we were together or whatever. Oh, and then having gonna to do like your little like sit song and dance for a white guy. Yeah, exactly. And then having to explain to him mm. also the reason, like just like the basis of code switching and then him being like, well, we've been together for X amount of years. Why aren't you that comfortable? And having to tell him like, that's not how that works. Like the, the code switching is, is very, hard for me to stop because I've been doing it for so long or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So that's the other reason why I don't want to be anybody's first black anything, because that experience coupled with like my hair experience coupled with like explaining family dynamic experience like i do not want to whatever i end up doing in in or outside of kink i do not want to have to chop off or chop myself into little bite-sized pieces and offering it to my top to see if they're going to eat it like if you pick me and in that thing anyway like i pick you you pick me you're eating the whole thing you're not getting like pieces and i'm not not leaving this table (laughs) until exactly until everything is consumed so like for me right now it's whoever that if i were to meet somebody that i met when i came into the community when i first got here Mm -hmm. and uh i was vetting them and stuff whatever they know about me from what they were able to makes no it doesn't apply anymore i'm a totally different person the only thing that has been sustained is my want and my need for this lifestyle to, to have a DS dynamic. Beautiful. And I think that's a lovely landing point because that brings us right back around beautifully. Thank you so much. <laughs> to the original, to our original conversation, which is just so lovely and so terrific. Oh my God, you are so dope. And I'm sure people are going to be like, you need to have her back on the show. (laughs) I mean, I just want to hear, I mean, we had a whole like pre-show conversation because they used to work in the hotel industry and I have an obsession, thank God, about hotels. And I just, I just want to have a whole episode on nasty hotel tea being spilled. I feel like you're the perfect guest though. Like the perfect hotel guest. (laughs) I really am. We are really Yeah, I'm pretty amazing. I will say we're staying now on this resort here in, in Port Portugal and they gave us an insane upgrade. Cause this is one of those resorts. It's like a hotel and private houses and really okay. nice private houses and owned houses. And nice. so the people who own the houses, which are these like little, you know, mini mansions, right. Can mm-hmm. rent them out. And so we got an upgrade to a mini mansion. So we're now staying in, nice. a, in a five bedroom house with heated Ooh. pool and a pine forest behind it. Oh. It's kind of nuts. But whenever I have interactions with people who do service is my goal is to get a smile or a laugh before the end of the interaction. 
conversation. And so I just start talking and I forget that apparently I'm fascinating. And so like 20 minutes later, Georg was like, you just went in there to get a loaf of bread. Where have you been? Yeah. And, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. oh, we were talking about bread and we we're talking about Portuguese bread. And I was talking about this one Portuguese bakery, like in Brooklyn. And then <laughs> he's just like <laughs> laughing. He's like, you, and I'm like, I know I have to be charming. But yeah, I am the one who cleans up before housekeeping shows. <laughs> just to make sure. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want them yeah. judging me. I don't want them. I don't want to be like the one black lady who came in and left like her <laughs> pile of crumbs by the bed. Girl, I, let me tell you, like the one time I ate a chocolate bar in bed and then it was a disaster the next day. And I literally pulled off the sheet and scrubbed it because I'm like, I don't want them to think I just like left like booty tracks all over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you right now, if you are the type of guest to kind of like tidy your room before you like go out for the day, you're the room that the housekeepers go in knowing that they can have like an unmitigated like 10, 15 minute break yeah. because they don't do that much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't even thought about that that makes me so happy that i'm actually yeah. helping them earn back a little time oh that's great yeah Thank yeah you. you're the one everybody goes into that room and it's like okay there's not that much to do so they can just have a minute to breathe like sit down and take oh that is so yeah helpful to know. Thank yeah. you. All right, listeners, tidy your room because you are helping someone who's working their ass off get a few minutes of break. Yes. I love that. It's so lovely. I love that. Okay, good. See? Wonderful. Well, we will definitely have to have you back on. We will figure that out because this is dope. And I want to thank Thanks you for, this, for your candor and your honesty and your willingness to share because it was really gorgeous. And uh, if you are an amazing dominant type of person and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, get your profile together. Step up, step up to the plate. Please do. <laughs> the door is open. Where can people but find I will you? be. Where's the social uh, media I'm, where people can find you? Uh, social media, Twitter, not so tiny Tim on IG and uh, not so tiny Tim. <laughs> Yeah, because it's my, my initials. And um, my email address, if I can remember it, loyaltenny, yes, at gmail.com. How is that spelled? L-O-Y-A-L-T-E-N-Y at gmail.com. Drop them a note. See what happens. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is time. I've done the whole like sit and like, oh, do the inner work and you're, you're nice with yourself. It's time to get the ball rolling right now. Wonderful. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Love to you and biggest kisses ever. Thank you so much. Thanks for this. Yay. You've been listening to All That and Mo. Thanks so much for spending your precious, precious time with me today. My podcast is produced by Cody Crabb, theme music by Georg Friedrich Haas, as performed by Marcus Weiss. And I look forward to spending time with you again really soon.